along to another episode of the Make Life Work podcast with me, Cy Jobling. This podcast is all about speaking to others, about trying to find a balance between work, life and any side projects we find time for. From sharing their stories, we hope it helps others find their own balance and maybe enjoy some of the things we talk about along the way. This week, I've invited along Dan Vinicum, developer slash designer from Ipswich in the UK. I've known Dan for the past year or so, following along with some of the side projects he's been working on in our on-the-side Slack community. He's also a man of many talents, balancing a small family and still finding time to enjoy the great outdoors. Time to get into it. Welcome along, Dan. How are things? I am good, thanks. You all right? I'm good. I'm good. It's Monday, so I'm trying to get my head straight. I don't know about you. Uh, Coffee and catching up with emails and things. The classic Monday, right? Yeah. Organising thoughts. Yeah. We'll talk about how you might do that later on, actually. But So um, can you tell us a little bit about what you do for a living, uh, how you maybe got there as well? Um, I'm a full-stack developer for Suffolk County Council, and my main role is really just to maintain all the projects, our existing projects, and make sure that they stay online. And if there's any changes or updates that are required, I do them really nice but we don't do any new we don't do any new like features at the moment because we're trying to get rid of our old tech and move on to more modern frameworks so a lot of it's been killing and slaying old stuff (laughs) which is quite good i enjoy that yeah i mean having worked in local council before i know you know there's a lot of legacy systems you're trying to keep the lights on a lot and then work out ways out of it. Um, yeah. You can tell us a little bit about that shortly. But can you tell us how you got into um, working at the Suffolk County Council, what your career journey looked like? Yeah, I never went to college or university for it. I am all self-taught and it's just a lot of trial and error and making stuff up as I go along. I don't really do education, so following tutorials and stuff I find quite hard as well. I'd rather just right. fire something up start doing it and then when it breaks then start googling and stack overflow so i when i lived in scotland i think it was like eight years ago yeah i done i done club flyers and nightclub flyers for the music scene and that gradually went from across scotland to europe for the techno scene and stuff like that and then i wanted to do more so i started building um, html and cms sites and then i gradually started working on more functionality and trying to make more club websites for like communities and stuff and i built a community site and that went really really well and then i got fed up with that and closed that and then we ended up moving back down south back home so i got back home and then one of my friends recommended that i apply for the job at the council so i applied and then i got there and i've been there six years six years that's a good innings yeah so um i mean it's it's interesting how you started off in like doing like flyer design classic print design and then it evolved into the classic or i want to make this into a website and then more yeah. functional stuff going forward i think but you made a point earlier about you just like to education wasn't really for you you just like the idea of trying things and learning yeah. the hard way is this just something that's kind of become part of your lifestyle now is it how you generally work or is it a bit of a mix now i, I was, was pre terrible as a kid in high school i didn't like doing stuff i just sitting there and having to listen to somebody and then taking information that i'm probably never going to need like french or german i'm never going to need it and i can't (laughs) maintain it so yeah i am 
really it's just if i want to do something then i'll take the time to like just practice and play with it like i use figma a hell of a lot now like it's literally my main tool it's like the one thing i always use and i just use it as i go along and when there's something i really can't figure out then that's when i'll google it or look for the answer but other than that i don't sit there and say right i'm gonna watch some guy on youtube do his 20 step tutorial on how to make a circle yeah i can't <laughs> not for me so you, you still got that very design strong bias in your skill set as well if you're using figma um, yeah I, we'll talk a little bit later on about your you know youtube goals and stuff like this but do you feel like there's a good opportunity for anyone to kind of learn that way or do you think it's, it just comes down to each other i think i think everybody's individual really i mean there's some people that just love education and love to sit there and focus and write notes and stuff like that and mm. be there at like nine o'clock in the morning. I'm going to do this course until five and I've learned all of this. And then there's other people. I mean, a lot of people I know, a lot of developers I know, they are simply self-taught. You don't learn that stuff in high school. When I was in high school, I think I learned to change the background color of a website and add text. But it was like, that's cool. But what do I do after that? You've not shown me. I mean, anybody can now put a photo on a HTML page and save it in a folder. But then you gradually learn that there's things like Git repositories and that you can store it and then you can collab with people. And there's also this functionality now. You can start storing stuff and you can start creating these. You can create anything. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen some of the stuff you've created more recently and it's proper versatile solutions. It's not just a pretty little website you've got a full built application yeah um and I'll, I'll ask you a bit more about that later on um so you, you've worked for the council for six, six years you say yeah. software engineer sort of full stack developer i guess by the sound of it yeah yeah so yeah. mixture of back-end development front-end development yeah i mean all the bits in between as the council a lot of the a lot of the stuff i mean i could do a lot of the design work personally but being a council, we have other people. I mean, I'm in a team of like 400 people in IT. So, wow. yeah. So once I've, I'm probably less than 400. I'm, it's a big office. <laughs> but yeah, right, sure. the, um, we've got like uh, the DevOps team. So we have like a load of people that literally manage the servers and things like that. Then we have the help desk that take in all the help calls. We've got the digital content team. They deliver all the content and fill the content on the sites and manage the front content. And then there's my team, which I think there's four of us and we do all the back end mm. mainly. I, I don't really get involved in start adding content or changing pictures for people or what do you suggest? It's more like as a council, this is the colors we're going for, which has been quite yeah. a, um, quite a stressful couple of months. What with accessibility changes by the, September the 23rd, I think it was. Is that like a government initiative for councils then? Yeah. All sites need to be um, accessible and have accessibility documentation on their sites by, I think it was sometime in September. It's just passed. But I had like 20 sites to deal with and multiple, multiple like people saying, no, I want a neon blue background because it's my brand color or I want yellow buttons because that's the color we have and people know us by so there's a lot of going back and forth trying to explain to them and trying to show show other people like show them what other sites right. do so like argos for example was one of the biggest things i used as a, like an example argos's logo is red but the navigation is not is not 
branded red and their buttons aren't all branded red it's all accessible accessible colors it's like white navigation or it's a black navigation and it's blue call to action buttons and green successful buttons they've not got neon orange and they've not got pink and purple and trying to get people to understand that and then having to show evidence of that was quite a hard one a lot of people put their foot down <laughs> i'm sure and we know we all know but, about yeah pesky clients that just are quite stubborn and adamant in how they want to do things but as the experts yeah. in this industry give us some credibility and we'll show you why we've got these decisions in place not just because we're being opinionated too yeah i'm not interested in what color your site wants to be i'm just trying to give you the best solution and help pass your, your accessibility score so that it meets guidelines not i think black looks nice because it's my favorite color it's because it's <laughs> contrast ratios that's good how do you find those sort of conversations with the the less techie savvy do you do you enjoy it or do you find it a bit more challenging personally i'm not i mean i could sit there and give you all the tech jargon but I'm quite down to earth and a lot of people I deal with aren't tech savvy. Like I've had people say, Oh, what iPhone am I using in a meeting? Cause they don't know whether the app's going to work on it. So I have to explain to them. But a lot of times I literally just speak like a human in these meetings. I don't say, right, this and that, and this, the server's not coming down. There's a 505 error. It's just like, right, there's a problem. I will fix it. And it's going to take this long. So I just keep it very human, which has worked in my favor in all fairness. Like when we done the fire app, I actually had a one of the women that worked for the team. I ended up going to a lot of the meetings with her because I basically translated, <laughs> is what she called it. I was the translator. Nice. You simplified it as well. Yeah, I simplified it and tried to get her to understand in a more natural way. There's definitely an art to it, especially when you're working in like government, local government organisations with a lot of jargon going around and a lot of yeah. bureaucracy. It's, it's not great. I hate it. I hate abbreviations as well yeah totally all the acronyms yeah why i mean just tell the word why why make 150 different alternatives to it <laughs> and then you have to remember it on top of everything else you have to remember in your job it's just like why <laughs> you're talking about accessibility you know that's exactly example of it you know people can't follow what you're talking about it's simplified yeah exactly it's good interesting yeah. stuff how have um suffolk county council managed to adjust through this year's pandemic as well because obviously lockdown has affected a lot of people differently Pretty fluid, really. I mean, from an IT point, we, we're all on computers and laptops anyway, and we're all remote hot desks. So when I go into an office, I don't have my own, like, area to sit every day. I can go sit with one of my friends or I can go sit with another team and I can move around or I can go sit in a completely different building. But 90% of my time is at home, and the only time I ever went into the office was when I went in meetings or just to basically socialise and just break up my like month really yeah. just for like my health and so yeah when this covid kicked in we were so like fluid in transition that it's really not noticeable i mean i've not had to do anything different in my day job that's amazing i mean there are i mean with a council we've got loads of different sectors so you've got like care teams you've got hr staff mm. that aren't really remote so you get you do get a lot of people that prefer to go into the office and they've had to adjust and i'm sure it's probably a lot harder for them but as a council every wednesday we've like sent in messages to say this is what we're doing this is how things are happening and showing off people's pets as well oh wow and, like how the dogs and the cats and stuff and guinea pigs and i think once there was like a miniature pig in someone's living room <laughs> I don't know. yeah as you do so yeah so that was kind of like it became like more social 
like emailing to tell us what's going on and being very transparent and explaining. And if there's help that we need, we've got, um, we can speak to our managers about mental health and stuff like that. We're very big on that. That's good. So, yeah. Yeah, oh, nice. So it's not really, you've not had to adjust too much by the sound of it. It's, it was just sort of a graceful switch over to, yeah, don't bother coming in for a while. We had a lot of systems in place anyway. Like we've got, we had Skype, but we're trying to bin that now for Teams, right. Microsoft Teams, because we're a Microsoft office. Everything's all Microsoft. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we've been using Teams. We've been having large scale like meetings where you can drop in and listen to what the managers discuss stuff and just listen to them. Really, the only the only thing is you just don't have people come tapping you on the shoulder or if you really need something quick, you can't just walk to the other end of the office and go, look, this needs sorted or what's going on here. You have to kind of email them or send a message on Teams and then hope they come back. <laughs> oh, that, I think that's one of the hardest parts for me as a, as a leader because yeah. obviously I'm all about tech. I love use, using tech, but when it comes to talking to a developer, you can't be face to face, quite frankly, yeah. especially if you if it's not urgent, but it's just easier to have that conversation. Yeah, but yeah. Now it's just like, no, you've got to message me directly or email me or whatever you're using, have a video call, and it's it's, it's yeah. possible, but you just you lack that human relationship that we're used to over the last thousands of years. You know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we had one we had one moment. I think it was May or April. When did we go into lockdown? Uh, it was about March, April, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so I think around May, we had a problem where all our sites started dropping off. Oh, no. Literally just all cutting off, and then people started going, what's the site? And it was it was simply just a PHP error in the web config file. It was saying 7.1, but it needed to be 7.2. Only because of coronavirus, and we have, like, Microsoft support, and I think we have, the like, the highest package you can get or whatever. So I contacted someone, but that guy was locked down in a flat in Portugal. He wasn't in a huge Microsoft office, so he couldn't go tapping on people's shoulders. So something that could probably potentially have been done in a week took six weeks. Wow. To simply change one number from 0.1 to 0.2. To do a minor update on a PHP. Yeah. yeah, it was that simple. And once we, once he eventually gave in, and I think he contacted another Microsoft tech support guy the guy came into our call and said it's your web config file within about five minutes and then we changed it and it was like bang done and then our tech lead was like oh i didn't even know we had that file because oh. it wasn't in azure it was in laravel's right. uh, public folder so we weren't looking in the right place so yeah some of that could have potentially taken five minutes or a week in that guy's case took six weeks because covid it's crazy but yeah, nothing we can do about it. And luckily, a lot of the websites are understanding because we are trying to do as much as possible when everybody's in the same situation. So, Have you found that, actually? I, I think a lot of people are more, more um, not tolerant, but empathetic into the situation. That yeah. you, there's only so much we can do in this environment, even though yeah. you were quite enabled early on to be remote first. It's just sort of like, yeah. it doesn't give you an excuse, but you just kind of go, yeah, we're on it. Just give us a chance because we have yeah. got limited functionality and capabilities right now. Yeah, I think when that issue happened, I, I gave them like weekly updates and then I literally bullet pointed every website that was down. And as and when the websites were fixed, I was just highlighting them green and then highlighting ones that, that were down red and just continuously emailing out so people could start seeing it without having to individually email everybody. It was just like, right, these are the emails, they're going out. Check it if your site's there, cool. If it's not, then it's still being worked on. Good job. Getting those comms Leave out. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, nice work. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, that's work. What about family situation then? Are you, um, you know, who else is around the house for the last six months and now? Yeah, uh, my partner and my three children, 10, 6 and 4. So, yeah, they're all at school now, so it's, it's much better. But during the coronavirus, it was a bit hectic, to say the least. I'm sure. They were very good, though. Yeah? Yeah. How did you uh, arrange any, any education? Did you have a, like a rotor or is it just suck it and see well pretty much we kind of just winged it like <laughs> we didn't force the kids i mean they're they're fortunately they're at such a young age that there's no real like effect on them like obviously the i think the main the main effect that they had was socializing with their friends and being with their friends but a lot of the other stuff we we read to them at night and we read to them during the day and we we kind of done stuff when they wanted to do it. Not right. You're going to sit there at eight o'clock in the morning and you're going to do X, Y, and Z until four o'clock. It's like, if they don't want to do it, then we're not going to stress them out and start annoying each other. Cause we were all stuck in the house together. We were all under the same situation and I was working. So it was all down to my partner to keep all three children in line. But I, I opened up my office, my work again, very um, supportive in that families and they understood that children were there so if you needed to go, you needed to help, we could just leave. There was no need to, you need to be sat there from nine to five. I could jet off for like two hours and come back and then make up the time later. So, yeah, yeah again, we were, I had my, my office door wide open and they came in to show me stuff or ask for stuff or can I fix this? So That's good. Yeah. yeah, companies have been a lot better this year, I think, with understanding personal circumstances yeah definitely so yeah it sounds like you, you got you managed to find a way of working together with your partner with the kids around and companies are a lot more understanding now right yeah definitely i mean and also the weather down south has been amazing like we i bought them a, like a massive yurt tent so we all slept in that and we slept in that for like a couple of nights in the garden they had the garden to play in so they had their trampolines their bikes and i live out on the countryside as well so there was no going into a local park in the middle of London where there's hundreds of other people trying to do their like daily walk. Yep. We could literally just disappear into the fields and the woods and we'll probably be the only people there. It's funny though. We're quite so, lucky like you. We, we've just, we live in a village. It's surrounded by greenery and all this. we've got garden space. Yeah. Like these poor guys in London have got nothing. And I think we did the same. We had the tent out in the garden one night just to play out make the most of a weekend at home yeah but it's, it, i think it's helped us as well as a family just spend more time together like my wife was saying before she went back to school last week she's like i miss being around you all already it's, it's weird after six months of being together so much yeah do you um i mean it sounds like you've got a bit more freedom now but is, have you relished it at all uh i mean i enjoyed it i mean we as a family we actually did go for walks and we stuck at it mm. it wasn't just like no i can't be bothered i'm gonna watch tv in the living room at like three o'clock in the afternoon we all went for walks and we all done stuff together and we camped out together and we just helped out each other a lot that's good which was quite decent yeah i mean there you go as well actually nice segue you talked about going for walks and stuff you've got a bit more into your health this year haven't you as well monitoring what you do yeah um i was on android and originally i was on iphone 8 and i had the iphones uh, the apple watch 5 i think it was right no, Apple Watch 4, sorry. Yeah. And I loved it. And then I, I got sick of the iPhone. And so I went on Huawei phone and then realized I couldn't use my Apple Watch. So I binned it. Well, I sold it. And then I uh, got the Fitbit during the lockdown. But then I got fed up with my Huawei phone. <laughs> so I went back to iPhone. And luckily, I had my um, 
Afterwatch Series 1, so it's been quite good to monitor all that and see how that is and trying to keep up with walking. Like, now that the um, kids are at school, me and my partner are still doing the walks at lunchtime. Oh, good. Oh, I've interrupted your your walk for the day then. Ah, sorry. I'll probably go afterwards. That's good. That's good. But, yeah. So what, what's yeah, your typical so, walk then? How far do you normally go for when you do it then? Um, kind of just get walking, really. I live... I, I'm quite fortunate in that I've got a massive park behind my house that's well looked after. It's all like modern. There's all brand new play equipment and stuff like that, yeah. and it's got a swimming pool. And then we've got the river by us, by us, mm. uh, the real like river or well. And I live next to Felixstowe as well, so I've got the beach. So I've got the countryside, the beach, the rivers, and then I've got the nice park behind me. So we can kind of go any direction, wow. and you'll end up somewhere. But I'm on the outskirts of Ipswich, so it takes me like 30 minutes to walk into town, then I'm in the town centre, or it takes me like 10 minutes to walk the other way, and I'm in the countryside away from everything. Perfect location. Yeah, we have like the Suffolk Food Hall, which is all fancy and like 20 quid a carrot, (laughs) or we have like Jimmy's Farm. As in the Jimmy that you worked with Jamie? Yeah, the Jimmy off TV with Jamie Oliver, yeah. So we've got Jimmy's Farm literally behind my house. Oh, wow. You can hear his festivals going on, yeah. And then, yeah, we've got, like, the River Orwell, so we can walk down the side of the river and we can see the boats and stuff, and we've got the docks. Perfectly placed, mate. It sounds ideal. Yeah, it's like bang in the middle of everything. Wonderful. So you, it sounds like you're getting out and about, but did you have an injury or something this year as well that you had to get through? Well, I fell down my stairs twice this Ooh. couple of weeks. Fell down the first time because I bought I I had like new van socks on. <laughs> it's like it's so stupid, man. I I put these new socks on and I like came down my stairs and it's just like bang pfft, all the way down oh. and, and I was like that was painful. And then three days later, um, I was carrying my youngest downstairs and I got halfway down and then my feet just went again on the stairs. So luckily, I didn't. She didn't get injured at all. No. But I split all my leg open, like, oh, it's all, like, uh, carpet burns. Ooh. And then I landed on my elbow and my arm, so that's all black. But previously, before that, I spent six weeks off work for tenovitis, I think it's called. Oh, not heard of that. It's, like, tendonitis, but it's, like, different. It's, like, your thumb area or, like, here. Right. But I, I literally couldn't type. It was, like, start typing and stuff, and it was just in agony all the time. My hand was in constant pain because I, I thought I'd basically like strangled my hand with my Fitbit watch asleep. I thought I had it too tight and it just got around my wrist and I just fallen asleep. I felt it gone to bed with it on and woke up with like a dead arm, oh like dead hand. And yeah, so I think I worked with it for like two, three days. And then my manager, I told my manager about it when he done my like welfare check. And I said to him, I've hurt my hand and it's really painful to work with. And I was going to get it looked at. And he's he basically stopped me from working there and then, and then I went to the doctors and they signed me off for 14 days. And then I got another phone call with the doctors and they signed me off again. And then I ended up having physios and had to be in a brace, like casting for like six weeks. Pain. And that was through the summer months as well. Yeah, my partner and the kids went to Scotland for a month. And I was meant to use that time to work. But the day before she went, as when I got signed off. So I had to sit at home on my own for like a month. In the soaring heat as well, that was when it was like hitting 39, 40, yeah, I think. Yeah, the real hot point. Yeah, that, yeah, that real. So I couldn't do anything. 
You were literally just sat there doing nothing in the heat then. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, gutting. I mean, some people might relish that, but at the same time, it then takes a few days to get really bored. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that was pretty grim. But my hands are right now, and it's... I mean, for, I mean, I thought I'd nearly done it in again when I fell down my stairs because of my arms bruised and everything, and my wrist was killing, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> but it's just fine, so... I'm quite, I'm quite bouncy. Quite bouncy. <laughs> that's the right, that's the right word. <laughs> yeah. Resilient. You can take a beating. That's yeah. good. Well, I'm glad you're back to normal, but what a, what a time for that to happen, right? Yeah. Let's talk a bit about what you do on your downtime then. So, what are you into your gaming? I guess you, you, that's one of the one things. Yeah, I um, I love my PlayStation. Right. So that's my big. That's I don't. I'm not really a sociable person. I don't really look forward to going out like friday night to the pub and things like that that's not really me no i'm not really one of these these guys and so for me like watching movies or tv shows or playing my playstation and chilling out really is kind of my thing yeah and uh yeah my playstation is like my biggest like passion just gaming nice playing a lot of games a lot of games yeah you would all the streaming side of things as well uh i try to but the the problem with streaming on a console is like the overlays and effects like that that you see on like normal streams where you get like the gamers with a camera in the mm. like corner and then they have like the tickers on the bottom with the playstation if you put on the playstation camera it basically cuts the screen oh. like three quarters of it's the game and then the last section is literally a black bar with the camera in the top and then text but it also displays for other users so like the the viewers so I've always just found it really horrible. It doesn't like picture over picture. And then in order to do it actually properly, you have to have capture cards and stuff like that. And I just can't be bothered with it. Okay. It's too much hassle. Yeah. Just enjoy gaming for what it is and just get into it that way. Yeah. I do stream every now and then. Like I streamed last night playing, but it, unless I spend all the money on the capture cards and really set up a whole like setup, then I just play games with my mates. Just enjoy it while you can. Yeah. But you're interested in streaming from a different angle, aren't you? You know, like with your design and that you do. Yeah. Um I do actually get a lot of people ask me, like, how do I design or do I have places that I put my work on or do I do YouTube videos and stuff like that? And I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I never really bother with it. Cause I always just think like no one's ever gonna watch it. But recently, a lot of people have been asking me to do it, and I thought the best way to do it in the way that I, the way that I am, is just to chill out and just go with it instead of sitting there and trying to rack my brains. What am I going to design for you guys, or what am I going to show you? That's going to be interesting. It's just going to be me on Figma, like designing stuff, and then when people ask questions or come in, I just chat with them. And if they have a question like, oh, how do you export to SVG or how do you create a component or where do you get your ideas from or resources, then I can show them there and then right. and literally just let it go with the flow, kind of like light, all live and make it up as I go along. I like how you're trying to really? keep it natural and a bit more real, like, you know, yeah. a bit your way through it. Yeah, just trying to keep it yeah. down to earth. Yeah. Yeah. It's in your tone then, isn't it? It's this proper laid back attitude. Yeah, I mean, Twitch auto saves all your recordings anyway. Right. So once my stream's done, people will be able to see it on my channel and watch it back if they want to. But yeah, so really, I'm going to wing it. I mean, my friend's bringing out a clothing brand, so he wants to sponsor my channel. Okay. So I'm waiting for him to send me the T-shirt. So uh, <laughs> yeah, 
I'm not. I'm not starting. It. I I could start it, and I've I've been tempted to multiple times. But yeah, I. But he said he's going to get me the t-shirt, so I'm going to wait for the t-shirt, and then people can see the clothing on the stream as well. Makes a bit more sense, really. Yeah. Oh, look what I'm wearing. Yeah. Sponsored by these guys. Right. Let's get yeah, into exactly. it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I've got all the. I've I've got all the stream set up, so everything's in Streamlabs now. I've got the transitions, the audio, the effects, things like that. I've slowly gradually been buying all the stuff i need to get a mic arm because my microphone is currently sat on my desk mm -hmm. but yeah that's it really nice so when you when you plan to kick this off then uh, as soon as he sends me my t-shirt really so you're just waiting for that <laughs> yeah i just think it's, there's no point like i'm in no rush and i've told i've not told anybody right i'm gonna be doing it on this date and then all of a sudden i change it to the next date i've just been very like open that i'm gonna be doing it and I will get to it at some point, but I'd rather just kick it off properly from the start than, oh, no, I'm meant to have this, and oh, I forgot this, and oh, I'm going to get this. I'd rather just get it set up and sorted straight away. I mean, you got the tech ready now. It's just, like you say, getting your mind ready and yeah. being be a good place for it. Yeah, so I've, I've done a lot of, like, practice stuff to check that the uh, the quality's sharp and things like that, and it all seems to be all right. So really it is just waiting and then kick off with the stream. Amazing. I look forward to that, mate. So I'd love to see how you work. I've, I've seen some of your pieces. I'm like, where do you get, how do you just rapidly build these things? It's it's fascinating how you work sometimes. Yeah, I I don't really have, I mean, a lot of people have these like design sheets and UI stuff. I, I just start and get on with it, really. I just build it from scratch and start going along as I go along. And then if some, and then look back at it and then keep changing it and then reiterating over and over. And then, yeah. Hmm. But I don't sit down and draw sketches of wireframe. I can't be asked for that. There's, there's no point to wireframing. <laughs> it's like, I'm sure. I'm sure some people find a use to it, but I'd rather just get straight into it. I'd rather not sit there and draw boxes of where things are going to be and then go do it again. I just get on with it. Yeah. Yeah. Life's too short. Fair play. Everyone's different, though, right? Yeah, exactly. Everyone's different, and if it works for them, then cool. There's no real right way. Well, on that, then let's let's talk a bit about one of those projects that you um you. You, you sold actually recently or solo I yeah productivity it. tool um it had other names before that but yeah can you tell us a little bit about what sort of motivated you to get build that in the first place and then what what journey it took along the way as well uh yeah um i i like productivity tools i don't know why because i barely use them but they fascinate me i love minimal yep. like uh, styles and stuff like that and the one thing that i really liked was base camp and I'm, I think a lot of people use that, and it's kind of one of those tools that hasn't really changed or modernized. It's still quite that like, old-style looking. But I spoke mm. with one of the founders, not DH, the other one. Anyway, he, he mentioned something about pricing, and then I, I emailed him right. and said it would be really good if you could make pricing affordable for people that are solo because not everybody's in Teams or needs the Teams stuff. So I feel like I'm paying for all this additional stuff that I don't need. And he basically emailed me back saying that I wanted it for free. So I went and made it myself. <laughs> <laughs> As you do. You found a problem, you solved it. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that was pretty much, that is the story of why I decided to build that tool was because he insisted I wanted something for free, which wasn't the case. I just felt like you're expecting somebody to pay, I think it's 99 quid a month. Right. Yeah. I think base camp is. And like eight percent of it I don't need. So why should I pay for it? That's kind of the thing really. And um so I started building my own and I worked with my friend and he done the back end stuff and we built it in Laravel. 
and we didn't really we didn't really plan it we kind of started building and then when we needed something we added it yeah. and then we'd use it and then play around with it and then we needed something else we add to it and then it grew it done pretty well actually and then it went i think it came second or third on product hunt right nice so the traffic literally skyrocketed and then we came up with we were called originally makepad that's it yeah but it coincided with another guy on twitter i think and it caused a lot of problems so for the sake of it i was just like just changed the name so we named it frame and then something else happened i can't remember what it was but we ended up going for all solo hmm. i don't even know where that word came from we just made it up and then yeah we we kept pushing it and pushing it but the problem was we weren't trying to make it a business we were still working on our day jobs so we would fix things when it came through and then people email us to say this is not working or could you add this and we just didn't have the time. We simply just, it's side projects is one of those things that you really either invested in or you're not. And we tried to be invested in it and we just couldn't from both our points. I've got children and at the end of the day, I've got to sort out those children with my partner. Yeah. And then when it gets later, then it becomes, you're just tired. And then the weekend you're as well, you're busy because your kids are at home. So when we could do stuff, we were doing stuff and it was just taking too long for people that needed to, the stuff and we ended up just selling it and i think it took like unfortunately when we started selling it that's when covid kicked in and everybody else was starting to cancel subscriptions and oh. dropping off things because they're trying to save money because of furloughs and that and then yeah eventually somebody in the united states bought it nice. and was like cool there you go take it all gave them the social media the right everything and then walked away from it do you know if they've done much work with it since or is it just kind of left i've i've checked every now and then but i don't think they've done anything to it or if they have they've not updated it yet right. but yeah try not to think about it <laughs> well it's nice that you had that clean cut though because like you say i think when when we get into these things yeah. these side projects you can't you, it becomes like a it should be a passion right we get into it because we want to we enjoy yeah. it and then it gets to a point where you go i'm not enjoying this anymore what do i do do i kill it or should i get rid of it yeah. or what? um but you got that lucky opportunity to go do you want it you can have it sell it and that's it i'm done i'm out yeah i didn't i didn't feel like it was kind of just getting tiring. Mm. Like I need to get this bit sorted. I need to fix this bit. This bit doesn't look right. And it's stressing out. Cause like a lot of people, your personal projects are a bit like your, your personal portfolios. Mm -hmm. You can design the best portfolio in the world for somebody else. But when it comes to yours, you'll never get it finished because you've, you've got the whole vision. It's like, this is mine and you'll never finish it. A bit like mine. Mine's never, mine's not finished. I think I've changed it about six times and I'll never be happy with it. But if you asked me to come and build you a portfolio, it'd be so easy. <laughs> but yeah, so when it came to you, my own side project, then it's like, yeah, but I don't like that. And it's like, but it works for other people. But it's like, yeah, it's detaching. Letting go. And stop tweaking with things. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you've got a pretty healthy balance with all this stuff, really. I mean, the point of this podcast is how people find a balance between life, work, and any side projects they have the time for. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with how you do this. I'm very chilled out. I don't get stressed and I don't, I kind of do things as and when it comes. I don't organize stuff. I don't, I don't write to-do lists. Like I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. I don't say, right, Monday, I'm going to do this, that, and that. If I need to do it or want to do it, then I'll do it. Otherwise, yeah, I don't set schedules and I don't try and plan things out. A bit like my stream that's coming up. I've not set a schedule for it and I'm sure I'll do the first one on Saturday and then three weeks later, it'll be another one. And then it'll be a 
the following day. It'll just be everywhere. It won't be this is going to be every Saturday, every fortnight. It's I'm just going to do it as and when I can and when I'm happy to do it. Otherwise, it just feels like it's forced and it doesn't become fun. That's interesting. I, I, I hear where you're coming from. I, I found with the podcast, having a regular cadence helps me make sure I'm doing it. But yeah, it does become a bit definitely. more like, oh, crap, I'm not ready for that one. And I don't want to let people down. So I best do something yeah. or whatever it is. Um, but like with these, at least I know, well, if I get five in each series, I'm happy. It's like, I don't care if I record them Monday, yeah. Friday, whenever. But as long as I release them on a similar time frame, it's fine. Yeah. But it's just knowing when to go, yep, I've had enough. I'm going to call it. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like you've got a nice, healthy balance with this. Yeah, I'm just, like I said, I'm just very chilled out and I just get all my stuff really. I don't... <laughs> like planning <laughs> i was going to ask you have you got any any little tricks that you kind of use to organize this stuff? it doesn't sound like you do but i was wondering if you got anything you might like to share in that sense not really i i kind of just like with children as well like you can't say i can't say right i'm gonna sit and live stream at four o'clock on a friday afternoon because i know at four o'clock all three of my children are going to come walking through that door and they're going to chuck their bags on my desk and they're going to all put their artwork <laughs> and stuff in front of my face and say look what i've done <laughs> So then it becomes disruptive and then you can't say, right, you just, I don't know, I just, the only tips and tricks I would say really is just don't get stressed about stuff. If it's not ready, it's not ready. Don't force it out. And also with like websites and stuff like that, always get the initial stuff out first. For example, if you're doing a productivity tool, the first thing you're going to really need is like a to-do list or like a Kanban board or adding files that's three features get those three features in get those three features working push out the project don't then spend six months going i'm going to add this 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 because when you do launch it your users are going to turn around and say i don't like this or why have you not got this and then you kind of realize that a lot of the stuff that you've put in Mm -hmm. is useless and then everybody's asking for something completely different so Start with the initial project that you, you put the initial idea and then evolve from that and use people like testing it and viewing it and put it in beta because MakePad or Frame or Solo, whatever it was called at the time, it changed so many times and we ended up adding things because people wanted it. And eventually more and more people wanted Teams features and be able to share the boards. And that was never the, never the goal for the project. The goal was to aim at like solo people and yeah. indie people so they could spend very little and have their own safe space but then we didn't take an account that that person may need to show the client right what they're doing and then you also get other people that might be two or three people in an office they're like oh i like this and it's works perfectly for us but bill and ben can't get yeah. on it <laughs> so then it's like yeah so there was a lot of negotiating and changing things and working on things but again I, I mean, honestly, I would start with the basics and then put it out there and then evolve from there. All sites are the same. Every uh, Amazon, it was selling books, and now it's <laughs> huge data centers. With everything. And it's, yeah, it's like hosts most of the world now, doesn't it, on the internet? Pretty much. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, start off small and gradually build it up. Don't try and get like this super project out. Just start with the basics and refine and work on it gradually and take your time. I think you made the key point there. Yeah, listen to your feedback, listen to the customers and see what they want. And we'll do it based on that rather than what we think you need, which is also important. Yeah, and 
don't set deadlines. Don't turn around and say on November the 1st, my website is going to be out because like we've seen with COVID, anything can happen now. You could end up True. being locked in or company could the company that you're relying on to be your project could end up shutting down tomorrow because they can't afford. So there, yeah, I take it slow, enjoy what you're doing and you don't enjoy it stop and then come back when you do feel like you want to Ooh, i like that bit that's cool yeah if you're not enjoying it stop and come back later it's like gambling isn't it <laughs> it's not fun yeah. if it's not fun it's not... so stop when the fun stops it's true it does. yeah exactly if you're not enjoying it don't force it because then it doesn't look right fair play mate i'm afraid we're up on our time now but um that's it's cool, been man. wonderful to have a chat with you mate um yeah great insights into how you work and think which I, I think a lot yeah. of us can learn from. And it'd be great to probably wrap up and invite you back another time in the future. Yeah, for sure. Um, we'll get all your links into the show notes. I'll get them out on the podcast as well. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, brilliant. Thanks for coming along. And uh, I hope everyone enjoyed it as well. Yeah, cheers, man. Thanks to Dan for joining me on this episode of the Make Life Work podcast. I hope, like me, he learns a few things about taking things in your stride, making sure your family are getting the support needed, whilst finding time for those fun side projects as well. All the links are in the show notes at makelifeworkpodcast.com, along with all the podcast archives and some nice little extras, even free stickers if you fancy one. Make sure you follow us on all the socials, Make Life Work Pod on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And if you are enjoying this, maybe leave us a review in Apple, Amazon or Google Podcasts. Join me next time when I'll be inviting along another friend from around the tech scene to talk about how they try to find a balance with life, work and side projects on the Make Life Work podcast. Speak to you then.